In this era of grave spiritual crisis, it is not enough to simply know about your Catholic faith. That is why we need a Catholic toolbox to equip us with the practical skills necessary to live our Catholic faith to reach our ultimate goal, which is heaven for all eternity. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Join us every Tuesday night at 8pm for the Catholic Toolbox as we hand you the tools to go forth, live the faith and change our modern world today. Live on The Voice of Charity. Welcome back to another week on the Catholic Toolbox, the art of practical Catholicism. I'm your host and founder, George Manasseh, here as we compute with practical tools to live your faith in our modern world of today. And we're speaking this week about the topic of fatherhood. And I've brought in here a busy father, uh, Buddy Jaluan, and not a, not a stranger to the Voice of Charity radio network. How are you, Buddy? Hello, George. How are you? Good not to see you. It's great. Uh, it's great. I can see you're in a car here now. <laughs> yes, I've, I've managed to find a parking spot at our Lady of Lebanon car park here, so uh, hopefully we don't have a, a big wedding. <laughs> you know what happens. <laughs> well, that's great. Um, <clears throat> many people have known you from the past. Uh, you ran an actual program on the Voice of Charity Australia uh, network, which is Australia's only Catholic radio network. And uh, tell yeah. us a bit about that to start off with. It's funny. Um, actually, my wife, Huda, and I uh, were along with Father Maroon were the first voices um, to sort of to, to, to get on the, the, the airwaves of the Voice of Charity way back then. Don't ask me the date. I'm, I'm too old to remember. But uh, back then when they hired some um, airtime from a Lebanese um, broadcaster and uh, we started the Voice of Charity way back then, Father Maroon would, would know more dates. But anyway, that goes back many, many years. But later on, uh, uh, I I uh, had the privilege of of being in the studio there and and, and doing some program, um, and that ran for a while. I uh, like you, I had uh, a program where I invited a lot of people from various schools, uh, namely Redfield and um, uh, um, and other schools of Parade, and we spoke to a lot of teachers and students, and that was very productive. Excellent, excellent. And uh, what was the name of the program? um life matters life matters excellent for those who remember life matters there and uh it's it's great i mean we have a similar journey here and uh being on radio and uh and uh and and, and it's excellent it's, it, it's excellent work to to carry you know from the radio straight back back into the real world i mean here on the catholic toolbox we focus on an agenda each week uh, yes. as you know we do very well uh, we're doing that with some of our great guests, including yourself. Yes. We focus on an agenda and then we focus on practical tools to then take yeah. it off air and go implement it in your day-to-day -day life. Um, yes. So, I mean, if there's somebody to think about fatherhood and, and the whole busyness of the world of fatherhood, it's yourself, buddy. So we're going to get straight into the topic. How would yes. you define in a nutshell what Catholic fatherhood or fatherhood in general, I mean, this is not, this is not just a 
something for those of faith, but it's for, for everybody. What is authentic fatherhood in a nutshell for you? What a question to ask. Uh, okay, off guard. But look, uh, I think uh, the moment you start realizing uh, uh, the value of your calling as a Christian, when you baptize young, you don't understand uh, the, the meaning, the full meaning of the baptism being called into the church and being adopted as a son. Um, I think being a son is very much linked to being a father. So when you understand that uh, in its deepest meaning uh, as you grow older, then you understand that what you do uh, as a Catholic is that you don't actually live for yourself. So um, then if I can just um, uh, uh, think about fatherhood in that sense, then I think more so as a father than the idea of actually giving yourself totally, Firstly, first, which is more importantly to, to your wife uh, uh, and, and then to your kids. And I think if I could say that uh, being a father, being, a, being totally um, uh, devoid of anything that is uh, of self-relevance to yourself, uh, anything important to yourself, of course, I mean, that's got to have some significance. But ultimately, it's, an, it's that act of, of being uh, selfless and living for others and, and particularly your wife and your children and of course then your immediate family then i'm being a uh, uh, uh the youngest of seven children i still have my elderly parents who are 92 and 94 who are still living at home and um there's a sense of duty there as well i mean as a son then i uh, i i care for them uh like my other siblings and we've been doing that for a while um so um yeah and that extends to extended family and of course uh, and, and the church, uh, uh, you know, if you're involved in prayer groups or involved in different ministries, then of course you extend yourself to others. But the idea of the concept of fatherhood, I think, is probably a sense of living for others. And I think Saint Joseph was just a, just that it, that that prime example of what it means to to be somebody who lived for others. I mean, that's absolutely beautifully put. And uh, you're you're very busy on day to day life. Just as a as a good example here of uh, like you said looking after your parents uh, as they get older and managing family life um and, and you have a number of children yourself uh great children and that's, fine. <laughs> oh, that's just absolutely amazing and and the needs of a wife or uh, uh, to take care of i mean it, it's it's the art really it seems to me from my observation i don't have any children yet but happily happily married a year and uh, just a year and a a quarter is, is is that it's the art of balancing would you say all these things for the glory of god wow uh yeah <laughs> i think what you said in that last question is probably um uh, uh very much um the the ultimate call and that what we do regardless wow. at the end is really for the glory of god yes uh, how you tweak things, it's, you know, you learn as you grow older. That that act of balancing doesn't always work, and it's always challenging. And, um, you know, I've got five kids, but I know people who have got 10 kids. I know a friend of mine who's got 12 kids and counting. <laughs> um, and they're all still under 22, most of them. So all of them, in fact. Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, it look... Uh, it, balancing, yes, but I think prioritizing is really more probably more important. Sometimes we can, you know, we can balance things, but the, some things could be out of whack. Sometimes we might give 
relevance and more importance to things that are way less important. So if you ask me about important things, maybe you might want to ask me that about, about that later, then we can probably talk about that. But I think, yes, balancing, but I think prioritizing is probably more important than that, and that sort of act of balancing, if that makes sense. Excellent. And uh, I think you spoke about St. Joseph as, let's say, a, a figure for our faith as a, a fatherhood. What elements yes. of St. Joseph's life could we, could we look at that demonstrate what it means to be a father, um, whether, whether you're a father of a family, a spiritual father as a priest, uh, or a father in any other sense to anybody else? Wow. <laughs> You're on fire, George. What a question. <laughs> yeah. um, again, off the cuff of my head, I think St. Joseph, I mean, I was born on the Feast of St. Joseph, so I'm extremely lucky to be born on the 19th of March. So it's a wonderful day to be born. And I'm just amazed that my parents didn't call me Joseph. They, they did that. They gave me a baptismal name, which is Joseph. Anyway, um, uh, St. Joseph was, uh, I think, I've been reading a book called... Um, uh, written by Father Calloway uh, on on uh, the life of Saint Joseph and and also um, dedication to Saint Joseph and there's excerpts of his life and one of the things that really stood out for me is the fact that Saint Joseph is not really far behind Our Lady I mean Our Lady's yes very much resonates for all eternity but his yes also resonates for all eternity and there's a lot of things that go hand in hand with her qualities Our Lady's wonderful qualities i mean she's born without sin we, we can't say that about saint joseph well the church hasn't said that yet but there might be a day when uh, the church could say that uh, because it took a while before uh they said that about our lady born without sin um uh, so it, it just that incredible sense of self-giving saint joseph he, he lived totally for for uh, our lady and and for our lord of course um uh, he was a just man. They say he was a just man. So everything he did was just, not just for his uh, for the for the Holy Family, but everything else he did. He was extraordinarily obedient to the point where, when he responded to uh, the calling of our Lord through the message of angels in a dream, right? Most of us would say it's a dream. Most of us would say it's just something that I, you know, probably had too much to eat the night before and had a restless night, but. His response was immediate. He need to, to go to Egypt immediate. He didn't waste time. So that obedience, that loyalty, that sense of justice, and everything else about St. Joseph, I think, you know, the greatest saint uh, besides Our Lady would have to be St. Joseph. So take example. I think take, take, um, you know, take him as an example, I would say. And I think he's been very much part of my life as an example in my life, but more so lately, I think, um, when your kids become a bit older and a bit more responsibility and there's, you know, challenges, uh, you know, with the world. I mean, you try and bring up your kids well, of course, being an example. Um, and I think also one of the things that I, I read once, I'm sorry, I'm sort of taking a bit too much time on St. Joseph, but one of the things I read about St. Joseph is that our Lord, you know, the beautiful thing that our Lord spoke a bit like him, that he probably moved like him, that he had certain antics that resembled that of St. Joseph. What a wonderful thing that our Lord, the, the King of the universe, <laughs> uh, resembled St. Joseph, that he didn't take his DNA, but he certainly took a lot of things that he learned from him. Uh, what a wonderful thing to, to contemplate, yeah? It's just absolutely amazing. I mean, there's just so much we can, you know, break through, but let's talk a bit about the, the professional aspect of fatherhood. I mean, and extrapolate that to St. Joseph. I mean, if you think about it, I mean, St. Joseph was a carpenter from what we know. Yes. Uh, and 
taught our Lord in his earthly trade. So what's the connection between fatherhood and being able to pass down good workmanship and a professional sense uh, there uh, for your children or for anybody else that you're acting as a father for? Mm, Yeah, wonderful question. Um, Again, um, I recall um, somewhere, uh, San Jose Maria, I think once wrote that one day St. Joseph, he was being jovial, of course, uh, was putting together a chair and it ha- a table and it so happened that one of the legs was too long and and uh, so he went to uh, Jesus and he said, uh, son, um, stuffed up on this one, could you please uh, fix it? And uh, he said, Joseph would never do that, of course, and he would fix it himself. And the sense of doing things and doing them well and completing the job well, I think that would very much resonate with St. Joseph, that he was a thorough professional in, in what he did. Of course, he wasn't an intellectual person. I mean, he wasn't a learned person. He was a tradesperson. And I think a lot of people who work in trades can really take pride in that, especially carpenters. So um, uh, to do to work well uh, and to see work as something that you do as a way of service to others, not just to line up your pockets. And I think this is one of the things that we probably miss very much. In our, and I think we all fall for it. A sense that, that work is, is actually a service, essentially a service to others, and that you're providing something that is done well, that is done uh, uh, with sincerity, with honesty, and at a, a reasonable rate. So obviously he had to work for a living and he actually um, got paid for what, for what he worked. But... Um, uh, so, um, yeah, so he was the thorough professional, of course, and, and he worked well and he completed his work well. And I think, uh, our Lord then obviously, uh, worked as well for 30 years. And, uh, why did our Lord work for 30 years? And I think there's an element of work that would, uh, take it to a level that is beyond just the, the human means and that you can sanctify that, that uh, some, uh, San Jose Maria would say, and I'll keep uh, citing him as, because he had a great devotion to San Joseph, and he'd say that, you know, uh, an hour of work is an hour of prayer, and you can elevate work to the supernatural level. So you could consider as you're working that uh, I can think about people who are in need, uh, somebody who needs prayers, then I can offer this hour of work, and I can work well, and I can consider a person in need. And that, that takes to that supernatural level. Our Lord did, and so, so uh, should we. It's interesting to note that St. Joseph did have great human virtue, you know, working. It's not a religious thing at all to have good human virtue, but then elevated it um, and sanctified his work. I mean, and that's Correct. a great example for us, you know, as fathers to be able to work, uh, to work well as an example uh, for our children or for anybody else that we're ex- an example for is, is to work well. Absolutely. Uh, again, a great saint once said that uh, working well, work itself is sanctifying. It actually acts as a hinge to the door that opens the door, that opens the way to holiness. It's like a hinge that opens the door to heaven, if you like. Now let's turn the tables around and ask, how does fatherhood, I mean, I, I mean, often we look at fatherhood as you, as a father mentoring or, or guiding uh uh, children or anybody else that's in your care how does fatherhood sanctify the father by being a father what what, what does the father uh, of a family or uh, of any um it could be a priest could be anybody else 
how does the father grow from uh, being the father? Obviously, giving to others, but how do you grow by giving in that context of fatherhood? Probably from yeah, your great, experience. And, yeah, uh, great question. Great question, George. And I think, again, it comes back to, to the source. Where do we get our father? Where do we get our identity? And I think uh, very much from, from, from God himself, God the Father, of course. So uh, a great privilege of being a father and all being a greater privilege of being a mother. But the, the privilege of being a father, we get that, um, uh, that call, if you like, that, uh, if from, from uh, a heavenly father. So I would say that uh, a, life, uh, a life of prayer is very important. One, first and foremost, I think, you know, if you neglect that, uh, then, then we, I think it's, uh, John Paul II, he said the greatest thing he used to learn from his father besides uh, the time he spent with his own dad, because his, his, his mother died when he was young, as you know, and, and John, Paul, John Paul II's dad uh, took um, um, full responsibility of caring for his son. And he used to spend a lot of time with him. So, uh, but he always said, John Paul II used to comment on how often he used to see his dad praying and, and often kneeling on, on the floor of the kitchen when he'd get up in the morning and see him in the kitchen before he prepares his breakfast or his meal for the day. Um, so I think uh, a father who does not pray is probably missing uh, a very a great chunk of his calling. Uh, and, that is of a, and that is to have a great and close intimate relationship with God the Father. So I think that would be at very much at the top of the list because without that, then I think um, you wouldn't be a good father. I have to admit that, you know, there are a lot of people who don't pray and, and they do good things, but I think we need to be giving our kids a lot more than just um, uh, material things. And I think we need to, our duty, I would say, if you ask me, what is your duty? What would be the, the, the greatest thing you could offer your children and your wife and those around you? And I would say that my duty, first and foremost, and ultimately would be to help and guide my children get to heaven. And if I fail in that, then I would have failed most miserably. Then if I would have given them everything that I require here on earth, and but I failed in getting to heaven, then I, I, I would have failed miserably. And I think this is essentially very much at the heart and calling of being a father, is to save myself. Uh, Saint Marn Amtal al-Hardini was his great saying, save yourself and you can't save yourself you can't save others you can't save yourself so a, a life of prayer uh, is very much at the heart of that i believe that great saint saint namtala hardini um I, I, I remember seeing the quote there he said the smart person is the one who can save his soul correct he's looking at the wisdom of if you can save your soul you're you're, you're the smart person you're the street smart person <laughs> So it's, uh, he's a great Maronite saint for those who want to look him up, um, Saint Namtala Hardini. Uh, I think I believe he was actually the theology um, teacher of Saint Charbel. Saint Charbel, correct. The other great uh, Maronite mystic uh, of the Universal Church, and uh, it, it's just absolutely amazing. I mean, you, you you really hit the nail on the head there when you said the salvation of souls, because here on the Catholic Toolbox, the whole aim of translating everything and taking action is to save your soul. Otherwise, why are we here? Exactly. Exactly. Absolutely. So, yeah. so what you're saying there is the, the core purpose of your fatherhood is to eventually help your wife and your children or whoever's in your uh, your your caretaking for, whether spiritually or anything else, to get to heaven. Absolutely. And I think you mentioned wife, and I think we sometimes miss the boat uh, uh, in that our wives take absolute priority 
Um, Andy Mullins uh, was giving uh, a KPF last night at Redfield. Um, I'll give a plug to Redfield, one of the greatest schools. Big that, shout out um, Redfield. Absolutely, in Tangara, all the pirate schools. Um, and he used to say that uh, that uh, your wife is really basically your ticket to heaven, um, you know, and and you and and uh, you are her ticket to heaven. Uh, you know, that's uh, what we call for when we come together as a couple, because the union of a husband and wife reflects a union of Christ and the church, uh, and how that translates and builds into the family life is very important. Uh, and and <clears throat> the other thing you should say, of course, is that uh, the best thing you can do for your children is 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 to love their mother. Uh, and, and this, that rings so true. Uh, if you love uh, their mother, your wife, then they will feel secure. They'll have a sense of security at home. They don't need to look for love or explanations of love. Anywhere else, they see it being personified in the way you treat, respect, and love, and uh, give yourself to your wife uh, on all levels, but especially in being able to serve her and, and to look after her needs. You know, um, sometimes, in special, especially these days, I think we need to be careful, uh, you know, with modern day psychology it's it's always referring people to to the to the self-relevance to what is important to you what is what is uh significant to you and then hold on to that and to use that as a way of moving forward and i would say this is very much con contradicts uh you know the message of christ which is the cross <laughs> uh, and and to forget about yourself and to give yourself to others and primarily obviously wife and children this does not count as any professional or medical advice big disclaimer here <laughs> well I, I i would look i would say look i i, I okay I, I would say this I, i've been married for over 25 years and um i think my battery's going so i hope it won't lose you but i and i've seen a lot of people uh who are married for a lot longer than i have and i would say that those who are successful and have happy uh, uh good well-formed children are those who really take care of their wives and put them absolutely on top of the on top of the uh, the priority list. So. It's absolutely amazing. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely well said. And let's go into some three practical tools now. I think we we've got a good grounding here of you know what fatherhood is a great example. I mean, we need not look any further than Saint Joseph as a, as a model for fatherhood, as a great father, as someone who is the father. Uh, and Lord, um, to, to to God Himself, you know, foster Father God Himself. I mean, these are this is the core example. I mean, really, and and then the whole aim of it, if you sum it up and get to the point, is for the salvation of souls. We're, we're fathers to help our wives and families get to heaven. I mean, uh, that, that that's the final goal. I mean. Maybe these days in the show, we don't speak as much, you know, about the salvation of souls or we get often get sidetracked many things, but Hey, we've got to stay on, uh, stay on course. The reality is it's, it's, uh, there is a judgment and uh, we're called to be fathers uh, by sanctifying ourselves. Again, you, you mentioned prayer very importantly. We, you can't fuel your fatherhood without prayer. You know, Absolutely. you're running on <laughs> an empty tank, really. But Absolutely, yeah, and look, and I think also uh, prayer is not something. Uh, it, it's you don't leave it a chance. I mean, I, I remember when I was younger, then you know I, I would pray. I'd come to mass. You know, I, I I've always been a cradle Catholic, Maronite, if you like. Um, but as you grow older, you realize that, you, it, and you become busier. Then you, you can't leave it to chance. You can't say, well, um, you know, uh, I I can pray 
uh, maybe next week or the afternoon or the evening. You always find if you do that, then you, you'll always miss out. Um, for me to have a plan, to have a, a an exact plan of, of, of your day, of your week, uh, is very important. So, you know, uh, and you know, and I know that we, we together, we understand the, the, the importance of a plan of life where, you know, we, we keep, we, 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 we have times designated in the morning and the afternoon to, to mental prayer, to being able to, to speak to God and listen to him through the gospel, through the scripture, to be able to do some spiritual reading, to just awakening your soul, certain things that sometimes might be hibernating, uh, to be able to greet Our Lady regularly, to, to offer your day in the morning, uh, to greet her in, at midday with the angelus, to do an examination of conscience in the evening, uh, to go to Mass regularly if you could, and to pray the rosary. We forget the rosary is it's one of the strongest weapons uh, that Our Lady gave us. So, you know, um, you leave these things to chance, you never do them. So have a plan. Uh, and it's also sometimes helps a lot, lot to have somebody you can talk with about this uh, 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 regularly, like a, if you like a spiritual director or, or a mentor uh, who knows you well and you can trust and uh, you can see regularly. And that really helps a lot. So uh, on your own, you can leave it a chance. And, and you, after weeks, months and years, I've seen really good Catholics just stop practicing because they didn't continue the art of prayer, private, personal prayer. Excellent. So I think we've gone in there, what, what's going to fuel your fatherhood. And obviously there's human virtues, but supernatural as well, coupled together. And then we'll lead you to be a good father. And then eventually the goal is to get to heaven. Now let's talk about three practical tools. How can people listening, fathers already, maybe with six kids, two kids, no kids, uh, like myself, married, uh, no kids yet. Uh, and, and maybe we'll prospective fathers, young men, and even clergy that might be listening that are, are, are spiritual fathers. Um, but let's focus more here on actual uh, biological fathers, those who are married or prospect uh, yeah. at marriage uh, or getting married or preparing. What are three practical tools for them to take action, buddy, from your experience coupled with uh, your understanding to become better fathers and to take action today? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Look, uh, I think uh, time is, is something that we're given and it's a gift. Um, we don't know when we are called to go. So this time we spend uh, a lot of us spend a lot of time at work, uh, obviously, but the time we have to be at home is to be used well. And I think uh, active service is very important to serve your wife first and foremost in things at home uh, and also to spend good quality time with your children. Um, if you've got younger ones, uh, especially when they're growing, teenage years, uh, to be careful that if they, you know, uh, they don't want you to, to you know, or, or they, they feel like they don't need that, just to, to be mindful of that, to respect that. One of the things I've always been very careful with and I've learned uh, over the years is, is, to, is to respect the freedom of your children. And I think that is, in my culture, in the Lebanese Maronite culture, as you know, uh, we're born to be obedient to, to respect uh, the el you know our elders and our parents, and that's that's good. But one of, you know one of the most important things uh, that God or the 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 only thing that we own. Somebody said to me that the only thing that we own uh, that uh, that our Lord does not own. He owns everything about us, our bodies, our souls, everything that He's given us is His. The only thing He doesn't own is our freedom. And I think that freedom, and I think I've learned over the years that freedom even to children, is just so important. Uh, 
of course, you don't give it without conditions or you don't, maybe not so much conditions, but without certain sense of responsibility. And kids will be, I think it's important to give your kids freedom, but to be able to give it to them uh, uh, with a lot of guidance and a lot of, um, a lot of respect, even if they're young. Sometimes I found myself that uh, when I'm actually challenged by my younger ones, uh, that to be able to, to be humble enough to say, yes, I've erred and to even apologize, but to respect their freedom in the way they think and not and not to uh, come across as being the tyrant authoritative father. I think that would be one of the first things I would say. Freedom, respect their freedom uh, within the, the milieu, if you like, of of guidance and, and respect. Uh, uh, yeah. uh, the other thing would be, uh, I would say, is um, is 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 to 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 sh to show them who you are, to be sincere with you. The sincerity of who you are is very important. Um, and and not to hide things because sometimes we, we become very good at even hiding things from ourselves. And I think examination of conscience helps you to be clear about who you are, where you're heading. And if you do that regularly, then you're able to understand yourself better and then show yourself who you are truly sincerely to your kids and not to act, you know, to be sincere and honest with who you are. Um, there was one more thing that I that slipped my mind, but I'll probably come to me if if you uh, if you ask another question, um, which is which is very important. Um, but yeah, sorry, George, I'm, I'm just mental blank for right now. Yeah. No, she's asking the questions here. <laughs> <laughs> so, so freedom service, and um, anyway, it'll come to me. I, I've thought about it before. Go on. And. Uh... And, uh, what would you say where, where, uh, about getting that constant? You've spoken before about mentorship and getting formation and having someone to be accountable to. Uh, what importance would you stress on that in the life of mentors? Uh, absolutely indispensable. We, 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 we don't realize how much we need others. You know, I mean, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit is a community. We don't live on our own. Uh, so, and our Lord didn't come uh, out of the blue. Uh, he came into a family. So uh, we need each other as a family, as an extended an extended family, and as also uh, in the Catholic Church, we'll belong to each other in the body of Christ. So we need that guidance. It's absolutely indispensable, especially these days. You know, so there's a lot of stuff that's coming out that is probably, you know, it's very much um, way off mark in terms of truth, in, ter in terms of teaching the Catholic Church. So we need to be uh, accountable uh, for how um, of what we believe and 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 what the church teaches. We can't just you know. Uh, so and I think a good spiritual director can help you in that, uh, and I think it's very important. Excellent. And uh, and uh, what are your last final words of inspiration to those men and those seeking marriage to be good fathers? Because we we have a great crisis of fatherlessness today. What's yeah. your message and antidote to that crisis? Look, I, I think, you know, we all, look, we all challenge these days. I mean, we all challenge on different levels. Um, um, and I think just just to really never give up and, and to keep trying. I mean, I, I, I hope you don't sort of make this well, sound as though I am the perfect, I'm not a perfect father and there's no such thing. And there's no such thing as a perfect family. You know, there's always flaws and there's always, we carry with us, so much baggage of our past, you know. Um, yeah, that's the other thing I wanted to mention is that, you know, being a father, you don't just, you know, you're not born a father. You know, you, you, you come into the marriage, into the family with so much of your own past, you know. We all have have our past, our challenges. Some of us had some pretty, you know, um, 
terrible things to have to cope with. And we bring that into, into the marriage and we're not perfect, but uh, uh, so it's important to realize that, to realize that, you know, we, we can be wretched, we can make mistakes, we can sin and we do all the time. Uh, but I think to be honest and, and to always go back to the sacraments, that's the thing I forgot to mention, the sacraments. The church gives us the sacraments and especially the sacrament of reconciliation. I mean, how that is the most forgotten sacrament in the church these days. And, and I've known good friends, really good people, absolutely wonderful dads who have been in the confession for years. I'm talking about 10, 20 years even, you know. How do you do that? Well, what's going on? I mean, how can you neglect such an important sacrament? You know, it's not just about going off and rattling sins, but it's also about formation. A good priest who knows you. You have a regular uh, connection, regular uh, times you spend with him in confession and spiritual direction. He knows you, you know him, and then you grow. And it's not just about rattling off your sins, but it's also about being able to, to grow um, uh, and, and to be able to receive the grace. Because if you don't go to confession... Yeah, they say, well, I'm going to sin again. Of course you'll sin again. But if you've got a confession, you're given the grace to not to, um, you know, uh, it helps you to sin less, if you like, if I could put it that way. So I would say the sacraments and especially the, the uh, of course, uh, reconciliation. Absolutely. And thank you very much for being with me, buddy. Uh, it's always a pleasure to have you. And, uh, and I think you right there in your car, out and about, <laughs> is, is, is what we like to capture uh, in living the art of practical Catholicism, everyday life of uh, of a Catholic, of a father, and uh, thank you so much for your work and your your work uh, to the Voice of Charity Australia Radio Network. No, oh, look, you know, George, uh, continue the work you're doing. It's very important. I've, you know, I've been listening a lot to the, the the radios I'm driving, the Voice of Charity, and just to be able to to listen to the talks uh, uh, and the hymns and the mass, uh, it's just indispensable. So. Really grateful for what you do. Keep it up. God bless you. Thank you very much. If you want to tune in to the Catholic Toolbox, you can go to thecatholictoolboxshow.com or you can uh, tune in from your podcast wherever you get your podcast on any of the platforms. Don't forget to follow us on YouTube and all social media. Go to The Catholic Toolbox. You can find us wherever you are. We're streaming everywhere. And don't forget to subscribe to our weekly email alert for the podcast when it does come out. So... Thank you for tuning into the Catholic Toolbox, the art of practical Catholicism. I'm your host and founder, George Manasseh. Until next week, God bless, take care, and take action. In this era of grave spiritual crisis, it is not enough to simply know about your Catholic faith. That is why we need a Catholic Toolbox to equip us with the practical skills necessary to live our Catholic faith to reach our ultimate goal, which is heaven for all eternity. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Join us every Tuesday night at 8pm for the Catholic Toolbox as we hand you the tools to go forth, live the faith and change our model world today. Live on The Voice of Charity.